stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. They fought with us. They died with us. They died. We lost tens of thousands of Kurds died fighting ISIS. They died for us and with us and for themselves. They died for themselves. But they're great people. And we have not forget. We, we don't forget. I don't forget what happens someday later. But I can tell you that I don't forget. These are great people. It was September of last year. The U.S. president speaking about our Kurdish allies and the fight against ISIS. Turns out he forgot to not forget. A pretty shocking announcement last night. Major shift in U.S. military policy in Syria. The president endorsing a Turkish military operation that would sweep away American-backed Kurdish forces near the border in Syria, reports the New York Times today. Sounds to me like we're abandoning our Kurdish allies, those Kurdish allies who led the fight against ISIS. And what sort of fate awaits them if this goes ahead? Now, there has been a tremendous pushback against this announcement, including from many Republicans. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says a precipitous withdrawal of U.S. forces from Syria would only benefit Russia, Iran, and the Assad regime and would increase the risk that ISIS and other terrorist groups would regroup. ISIS is down, but they haven't gone away. So there are so many ways that this could backfire. But just the fact that we would uh, abandon the Kurds this way seems shameful to me. Now, the president today tweeting a warning at Turkey which just seems to just compound all of the, the problems here. It says, uh, if Turkey does anything that I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, consider to be off limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey. And Brackett says, I've done before, whatever that means. They must, with Europe and others, watch over the captured ISIS fighters and families. Uh, so it sounds like we've got a mess in the making here. Uh, we should be very concerned about joining us uh, for some thoughts on what this all means. Very pleased to welcome in the program Andrew Apostolou, a Middle East analyst, has run human rights campaigns in the Middle East, also a former director with Freedom House for Iran. Uh, Andrew, appreciate you joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Rob. Um, it, it, this, this seems stunning to me. What, what do you make of this? Um, it is stunning. Uh, I think it was an act of incredible cynicism. Remember, the Americans got the Kurds in Syria to dismantle their defensive positions for around 120 kilometers along the border with Turkey um, and between Tel Abiyad uh, and Surikani, which means that there's a whole... Str- and also they got them to withdraw their heavy weapons. So there's a whole stretch of the border now, which they demilitarized at the request of the Americans so that the Turks could patrol there and they were told there would be no further consequences, and the Turks can now drive straight in, and they can't defend that area. And they can cut Syrian Kurdistan in half. It's an astonishingly cynical uh, act of betrayal. It's interesting that Trump is already trying to pretend that he hasn't really betrayed them with that, frankly, bananas tweet where he said that in his great wisdom, if Turkey did anything he didn't like, he'd destroy their economy. Well, that, that doesn't mean anything. Because in the end, um, the Turks can go in and they can wage mayhem on the Syrian Kurds. And by the time any U.S. sanctions have any effect, it's too late and thousands of people could be dead. And this means also that the Kurds will have a choice 
between guarding those huge camps full of ISIS families and ISIS prisoners and defending themselves. And, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to either keep guarding those camps and not defend themselves, or they're just going to have to release those prisoners. That's terrible for everybody. So it's an astonishingly inept and cynical move. You go back over the decades. I mean, you think back to, to the 80s uh, and, and what happened to the Kurds uh, under Saddam Hussein, uh, but, but so many other examples from history where uh, we, we have betrayed them. I mean, at, at some point, it's going to be impossible for them to, to trust the West. Uh, you know, after, after all they've done for us in, in taking the fight to ISIS, to, to do this yet again to them, it, it just seems unconscionable. It is, but, and what it also does is it guarantees that the Kurdish issue will become more and more prominent in the Middle East because this is precisely why people want a state in self-determination because it provides them with a level of protection that you do not have when you are not a state. And, you know, this is, this is the lesson that other people learn. This is why, for example, for all the wailing about it, um, the Jewish people now have a state because for centuries they were outside of the conference chamber when the fate of the world was decided and they were at other people's mercy and suffered as a result. This is why Armenians now have a state. This is why the Irish now have a state. You know, when you're a stateless people and you don't have that international recognition and power that a government and an established statehood gives you, you seek it and you will seek it forever. And that's why you know, in the 19th century and into the 20th century, the Poles struggled so mightily to get their own state. Statehood matters. So you can guarantee that this is a terrible setback for the Kurds in Syria, just as the um, Iraqi government offensive against the Kurds in Iraq after the referendum in 2017 was a setback. But after the setback, they're going to renew their movement and they're going to work even harder to get statehood, which is something that Turkey doesn't want. So, you know, there's a shortcut to avoid all this, which is for Turkey to actually start realizing that it has to come to an accommodation with the Kurds within its borders and the Kurds outside its borders and to try and live peacefully with them. Well, that's going to have to happen one way or another, or at least ideally. Uh, but how, how do we get to that? Well, the only way we're going to get to that, unfortunately, is through years of conflict and bloodshed. Uh, and that's the long way of doing things and the stupid way of doing things and bloody way of doing things and unfortunately people don't learn i mean i look you know i'm from the uk all this in northern ireland it took 30 40 years you could argue hundreds um for people to realize that the only way that we could settle things or make people live together was to have accommodations and compromises that people aren't perfectly happy with but that they can live with and, you know, when you try and have an ideal solution, uh, which in Turkey is complete territorial integrity, um, one nation only is allowed really to exist within the borders of the state, that's a recipe for conflict. You know, I mean, yeah. there are ways to handle this. May I just, you know, you, need, you know this, you're Canadian. Uh, the French and the English-speaking Canadians, it could have been horrible, but it wasn't in the end because you resolved your differences. It's not perfect. There are ongoing tensions, but nobody's being killed. Well, and, I mean, in, in terms of, of U.S., other U.S. allies, I mean, Canada is, has been actively involved in this. Obviously, France, the U.K., uh, and others. I mean, it just feels as though, I mean, not only of, of Trump's own advisors, uh, Pentagon officials have been caught off guard by this. I mean, it seems to have blindsided uh, U.S. allies. Absolutely. I mean, the U.K. and France were not told 
and UK and French troops are there, I would not be surprised if some Canadians are there too. Um, certainly there have been Dutch and Germans there at different points. Um, you know, Canadians are certainly in Iraqi Kurdistan. Um, yes, they've been absolutely caught off guard. I mean, the French have quite a large force there, actually. Uh, the UK has some, something a little bit smaller. There are Australians there, for example, all special forces. But, you know, they depend on the Americans for mobility and force protection, and they've suddenly been told, you've got to leave. It's possible that the president will reconsider. Perhaps people in his own party will, will talk some sense to him. But it, it, you don't get the feeling that we've got a lot of time to talk. Uh, you know, there are reports today that, that the Turks are prepared to move and move quickly. Yes, uh, that's absolutely right. One of the things actually working in favor of stopping this decision is that the president is very weak politically at the moment. With the impeachment having started in the House of Representatives with the president himself almost daily providing evidence of why he should be impeached by, for example, calling on the Chinese to uh, investigate Joe Biden and his son, um, he's actually in a very weak position and he needs the Republican Party in Congress to save his skin. Because if the Republicans in the Senate turn around and say, you know, this guy's just too embarrassing, uh, I, I will let the impeachment go through from the House, he's finished. So he actually does need them. So Congress's influence over him has actually increased. Um, so that could have an effect. There's already moves, bipartisan moves in the Senate by Chris Van Hollen and Lindsey Graham to threaten economic sanctions on Turkey. I mean, Turkey's already been booted out of the F-35 program. Um, it hasn't had any effect. I don't think that's going to work. And you're absolutely right. The Turks have been ready for this for months. Um, and it will be, if they go in, they can go in very, very quickly indeed. Um, the other thing that could happen, of course, is the European Union formally bringing to an end or suspending for indefinitely um, Turkey's very slow-moving accession process to the EU. But again, you know, the Turkish government feels that this is sufficiently high importance. They're willing to pay those prices. All right, we'll see what comes uh, in the coming days. Andrew, appreciate your insight as always. Thanks so much for making some time for us here My this pleasure. afternoon. You take care, Rob. You as well. Uh, Andrew Apostolou, uh, Middle East analyst, former director for Iran at Freedom House. Uh, someone who keeps uh, a close eye on events uh, pertaining to the Kurds, and so we appreciate his perspective and insights on what's going on here. Nothing good, frankly, at the moment. Uh, this is very concerning what it's going to mean for the Kurds. And when I say our Kurdish allies, we have been a part of this. I think, unfortunately, uh, the current government has scaled back that involvement. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we, we've still had a presence. We've still been a part of this because we have a vested interest in this. So to say, yes, we're going to stand with our American allies and, of course, our Kurdish allies and our British allies and French allies. Uh, and then you have the U.S. president just pull the, the rug out from under everybody, especially the Kurds. It, it's I mean, I can't even describe it. It is shocking. 974-8255 is the number here, 974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.